1: Moses had one Peter James and John they had one do you have one in society of old everyone had a mentor you were mentored at work at home on the farm and at church you were mentored at the local drugstore drugstore counter feed store there were the next generation there the next generation mentors constantly were feeding into the next generation I mean it was always there was always mentoring everywhere but where have all the mentors gone are they just too busy Or are they ready and waiting? Their answer is no, they're not too busy. There are millions of men and women out there who would love to mentor you and walk alongside you in life in a mentoring kind of relationship. They just need to be asked. So what are the specifics of a mentoring relationship? What should it look like and how do you get it started? Well, I'm not an expert, but let's bring in an expert who can help us work through this entire issue. Bill Hendricks from the Giftedness Center. Welcome to I Work For Him. (laughs) You and your dad first wrote this book in 1995, and you went back and re-released this book this year. Why write a book about mentoring?
2: Well, because dad had been a big speaker in the Promise Keepers movement, Mm. and uh, he gave a talk one, one day at Promise Keepers and said, every man needs a Paul, a Barnabas, and a Timothy, a Paul to build into his life, a Barnabas to walk alongside him, and a Timothy into whose life he's building. And that became like a slogan or a watchword that really took hold and they ask us then to write a book to flush that out um, for the benefit of the men and promise keepers
1: when you wrote this book you know when you first wrote this book in 1995 with your dad it was to men yet today there is just as desperate a need for women to mentor women as there is for men to mentor men absolutely How, i talk about that
2: well i think that as as particularly as millennials have come of age you know, if millennials are looking for anything, they're looking to be developed as people, as well they should. And that they, they instinctively think, you know, in terms of mentors, they're looking for people. You know, from one point of view, the way I'd put it is, when you're a young adult, what you most need is an older adult to come alongside and invite you into the adult world, which means to treat you as an adult, which means mm-hmm. to listen to you uh, and without judgment, let you tell your story, let you tell the issues that you're working on, and then give you the benefit of, you know, I, I struggled with that same thing when I was your age, or here's how I dealt with that, or here's the questions I had about that, and and you tell some of your own story, and you, you develop just a, I guess, you call it a relationship, call it a friendship, but this young adult realizes, you know, you're actually taking an interest in me, you actually care, you're not you know telling me what to do so much as listening to me as i kind of work through and you give me some perspective and you tell me about what other people have done in my situation most importantly you're willing to walk with me as i figure out how i'm going to do what i need to do in a given yeah. situation and that's really what mentoring kind of boils down to it's you know you mentioned Martha there's a stigma about it we have created this this myth in our culture that a mentor is this You know, wise, sage, that knows everything and has the answer to every question. I've never met such a person, okay, because I don't think they exist. Um, I look at a mentor as a a, a person who's simply been a little further down the trail than I have, and they can tell me what they've learned down there, what they've seen, and maybe what I want to pay attention to, and then they're going to walk with me as I walk down that trail. It's actually not that – it's not brain surgery. It's not that complicated, but we've made it complicated.
1: There are thousands and thousands of young men who desperately need an old guy in their lives. And you know what their question is to me, Bill? How do I connect with them? Hmm. So
2: tell me. Let's start with uh, asking the question, if you were going to go fishing, how would you connect with the fish? Well, the first thing you do is get near some water, because that's kind of where fish live, right?
1: Most of the time. So
2: By, by extension, <laughs> you know, where are you going to run into some younger men? You're, you're not going to do it in the retirement home, okay? So you got to right. get out of there. Well, the most natural place uh, is probably going to be at your church. It ought to be. Um, there's probably some young adult men at your church now— you know, you you may look at them and go, "Gosh, I I don't know how to relate to them." I mean, they're they're young, they're energetic, they're handsome, they're bright. I don't have any of those things. Well, y- you're looking at externals. Right. I have never met a, a millennial, a young adult. I, I've never asked a young adult to have a cup of coffee where they've refused me ever, ever. Mm. In every case, it's been like, "Wow, sure." Uh, that, you know, and they're like, "I, I wh- why would you want to talk to me?" <laughs> and and it's just like, you know, well, I, you know, I just want to get to know you. I, I, you know, we go to the same church. I see you every Sunday. I just, I'd like to hear about your work and and your world. And and where'd, where where did you grow up? Where where was where was family for you? And they start telling me their story. And you know, a couple cups of coffee later, we're we're deep into their life and and. And we don't have to even go deep, but but the fact that I'm paying attention gets it started.
1: So what you're saying just in that moment is, uh, you know, we've, again, just going back to the conversations that Jim's been having with some guys, is they don't have to go to the church and say, hey, where is your official mentoring program so that I can sign up and get paired with somebody? That's not really what you're talking about, is it?
2: Not at all. I mean, I talk about formal mentoring programs in the church and in business Mm -hmm. I will tell you that in the main, that's a tough go because you can't force chemistry. Now, what those formal mentoring programs can do is provide opportunities for those relationships to happen.
1: All right, so we made a comment in the last several segments. Everybody needs a Paul, everybody needs a Barnabas, and everybody needs a Timothy in their life. Why don't you explain what your dad meant when he said that in 1995?
2: Hmm. Yeah, everybody needs a Paul, which means somebody who's building into your life we all need to grow, and frankly, that needs to continue all the way to the grave. Okay, um, we need people in our lives who are speaking into our lives to help us um, grow in Christ, grow in maturity, grow in our relationships, help us, you know, navigate through challenges and difficulties and problems we're dealing with. We need a Barnabas. Barnabas was a he was called the brother of encouragement. He he was alongside others. He was a peer. We all need peers. I have a group of men that I meet with every Wednesday morning. There's five of us. We've we've been having breakfast together on Wednesday mornings for probably the last twelve to thirteen years. Wow. We've been through it all all together. You know, because over that amount of time every issue in a man's life is gonna come on the table. Mm-hmm. We know about each other's marriages, finances, jobs, friendships, challenges, struggles, sins. Um, victories. I mean, I mean the whole the whole thing. And 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 there's a tremendous power that comes out of that uh, by having that kind of intimacy over time. And then every man needs a Timothy. And the idea there is, you know, Paul had this relationship with Timothy where he was he was building into Timothy's life, and uh, and it's the reverse of somebody building into your life. You you've it's been like you've you know accumulated wisdom and experience and knowledge and, uh, and certainly your share of failures, that's invaluable uh, as a resource to offer to another man who is going to walk that same journey. But if they can listen to you tell your story, you don't have to give them the answers. You just tell your story, and you tell what worked and what you think didn't work, and then let God do the rest, and, and He will. It, it's an invaluable contribution.
1: Well, and, and this works with for both men and women, and, and it Absolutely. really, I think, I think what you know, what we read, and I'm just going to highlight, you know, Grant Skeldon wrote this book by a millennial called the Passion Generation. On here's how you go and get a mentor. He, he says, here's what you look for and it's somebody that's chronologically superior to you, so therefore they've been given some years of wisdom that you haven't been able to get, and you need to pursue them and just say, hey, I'm not looking for something formal. I just want to w- do life alongside of you. And, and young, you know, whether you're whether you're in your 20s, 30s, 40s, or 50s, there's always somebody chronologically superior to you around that that right. would work. I mean, it's super important. Bill, talk to the retirees, though. These people in within the body of Christ have been told... Okay, just go ahead and retire, play golf the rest of your life or play
2: tennis the rest of your life, or ride bikes or collect seashells yeah, and anybody who's doing that quickly realizes, wait a minute i need to, I need to ha- have a sense of meaning and a mm. sense of purpose, and there is the you told me not to use any six syllable words, so I think this is a five syllable word, but <laughs> generativity is the is the formal term and the idea is that you want to leave something behind. You want to build into the next generation. There's there's an instinctive motive in the part of men as they get older that they want to pass something on. Well, you're now in a position to do that if you're retired, okay? And so you, what, what, what do you have to pass on? Well, you've got your experience. You've got your networks. Uh, you've got your... Um, uh, insights. You 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 know what works and what doesn't work, or at least what you've seen work and not work. Right. Um, you've got your spiritual capital that you've built up through your walk with Christ. <laughs> Again, I can't stress how invaluable that is for somebody who's just trying to figure life out at age twenty three, twenty four, twenty five. Um, and you don't have to be the source of all wisdom in this universe. In fact, we, you aren't. <laughs> All right. You're, you're not, it's not going to work for you. Um, just about every page of, of this book, Men of Influence, I use the word mentor, the term mentor, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. In everyday life, I almost never use that term. Mm. I never, ever, ever refer to myself as someone's mentor, ever. Be- because f- personally, to me, that feels a little arrogant. The, mm-hmm. the person who gets to decide whether I've mentored them is not me, it's that person. If they want to call me their mentor or Bill was a real mentor to me, that's great. But I don't really care. What i most, what we're really talking about here is positioning myself where I can be useful to some other man. And if you're a younger man and you're looking for a mentor, yeah, go ahead and be proactive and ask that guy in your small group at church, you know, who's a little older and you're looking at him, and you go, man, I'd love to kind of have the perspective he has. Well, go ahead and say, hey, can I, I, I got some questions. Can I, can I buy you a cup, a cup of coffee? Can we get together? But whatever you do, don't say, would you be my mentor? Because for most older men, they'll get a deer in the headlights look, and they'll be go, "Oh, buddy, you got the wrong guy. I, I don't have that. I, I've, a, I've made too many mistakes. I, mm-hmm. I don't know anything." Listen, you need to be praying. You need to be praying that God will guide you to a person. Okay, that always is the best place to start. God is more interested in your growth than you are, and He generally does that through other people so trust him that he's going to bring that person into your life who's going to have a formative and transformative influence and then having prayed start to be proactive and look and take opportunity to build relationship with somebody and then just see where it goes and believe mm-hmm. me God will show up
1: that's good it is good and I, we just want to encourage all of us all of us listening to this conversation today You may not think you're worthy to be a mentor, but i guarantee you that God can use you in the life of another, and it will bless you in ways you can never imagine. You've been listening to I Work For Him with your hosts, Jim and Martha Brangenberg. We're Christ followers. Our workplace, it's our mission field, but ultimately, I work for Him.
0: Thank you for listening to the I Work For Him Power Pod with your hosts, Jim and Martha Brangenberg. Want more? Hear the full broadcast at iworkforhim.com.